Sometime in my 20s, I decided to tell the truth about everything as much as possible. Just be a truth teller. Be honest about myself and my life and with other people. And around this time, I saw the movie Honeysuckle Rose. In this movie, Willie Nelson bets Slim Pickens, $100 or $200, I'm not quite sure, that he can drive the tour bus in such a way that he can weave in and out of the white lines on the highway without touching the lines, without hitting those bots dots, you know, uh, those little bumpy reflectors in, in, the, in the white lines. And you would know if you hit those dots because it, it's uh, both a, um, there's a sensory experience with them, right? They, they, you hear it and you also feel it in your car when the tires cross over them. <clears throat> well, it was late on a Saturday night and it was probably even after midnight and I was driving home from my resort ministry job. It had been a good week. I'd met friends for pizza after work and we had talked and laughed and stayed out late and I was happy. And there were very few cars on the road and as I drove over the causeway and the bridge between Nags Head and Manteo, I looked at those white dash lines and I thought about the movie and I wondered just how much like Willie Nelson I could be. Could I too drive in such a way as to not hit those little reflector bumps? Seeing no other cars behind me or uh, approaching me, I decided I would give it a try. I'd been waiting actually for such an opportunity. <laughs> could I successfully, could I successfully maneuver that my car between the lines? Well, pretty much I could. I was amazed at how I managed it. And a mile or so down the road, I saw blue lights flashing behind me, reflected in the rearview mirror, creeping up along the side of me. Sigh. I pulled over, rolled my window down a bit. You can't be too careful, you know. The officer got out. He approached my window. I don't know how it is anywhere else, but in North Carolina, the highway patrol officers always seem to be angry. Because your driver's license registration, please, ma'am. <laughs> now, for those of you who, whose ears may not hear that quickly, he said, may I see your driver's license and registration, please, ma'am. I gave it to him, <clears throat> wondering what was going on. By the time he pulled me over, I was already well into Manteo, almost to my street, and I hadn't passed any other cars. So after a moment, I asked, hopefully respectfully, could you tell me why you stopped me? It was, after all, past midnight with not many other people around, and I thought I had a right to know, frankly. Yes, he barked, I can, because on the bridge you were weaving from side to side on that road. Now, do you have an explanation for that? Do you have a good reason for that? I knew that I did not have much time before I had to come up with some answer. It's good that sometimes the brain works faster than the mouth. And since I had made this commitment to tell the truth about everything, remember, I pondered briefly asking, 
Have you seen the movie Honeysuckle Rose with Willie Nelson and Diane Cannon? But very quickly dismissed launching into the whole story, as I have with you, not having all that much time to think, but being committed to telling the truth, I settled on, yes, I was looking at those little reflector things on the lines in the middle of the road. Oh, he said. Then he quickly shined the very bright flashlight right in my eyes. And he explained then that for a few minutes he thought I was one of those folks who liked to drink and drive. But he could see now that I wasn't one of those. He gave me back my license and registration and told me to be safe and have a good night. I was so relieved. Maybe the truth-telling was part of it. Make no mistake, though. I know now that my being white, fairly attractive, young, female, and did I mention white, had more to do with being sent on my way, being free to go, than anything else, except maybe that I also wasn't drunk. Even had I been drinking and driving that night, though, I know that I would still be alive to tell this tale. In that moment, though, I felt that I had lived into what I said I wanted to do, tell the truth about everything. Okay, so I didn't go into the whole story. I spared him that. But I said enough that was the truth. I was indeed looking at the little reflector things in the road. I had lived in that moment with what may be called integrity. I had said what I wanted to do, and I had done it. Well, a couple years later, um, I was talking about um, integrity, and a man said to me that those who actually have integrity have no need to talk about it. So I, I stopped talking about it because I certainly wanted to be one of those with it, right? But make no mistake about this either. I have not always told the truth since that moment. I have found it nearly impossible to do, especially all the time, especially even for a day. There are reasons why we don't tell the truth, and I know it isn't just me, you know. There are people in this room also. Sometimes our survival depends on it. Our well-being depends on not telling the truth, or at least not the whole truth. Last night when my husband came home and thought it was hot, and he said, have you had the fireplace on? I said, no, it's a game we play. <laughs> of course I had, and he knew it. We, as a people, as citizens, has, have often been lied to throughout history. But as the popular youth game goes, never have I ever thought that we are being lied to the way we are now. But in 1862, the New York Times published an editorial entitled The Age of Mendacity, which read in part, Was there ever seen since the world began so monstrous a crop of falsehood as have sprung up out of the present Rebellion. It would seem as if the father of lies himself had come down in power, finding his especial home, of course, in that region where the sum of villainies has brought forth 
its appropriate yield of treason and other crimes, but not by any means confining his operations to that quarter. 1862. On the off chance that you're unfamiliar with the word mendacity, it means lies, falsehoods, untruths, etc., etc. You get the picture. The author of this particular quote was talking about the Confederacy. I posit that we are now in an age of mendacity, if we've ever not been, and while it may not be the Confederacy per se, the issues that we are being lied to about are many of the same concerns in 2020 as they were in 1862. The dehumanization of others. Greed. Individual gain of the already wealthy over the common good of all and power hoarding. Dr. Cornell West said in an interview that he was giving about James Baldwin, in an age of mendacity and criminality, just telling the truth and having integrity is revolutionary. Integrity mean, meaning being honest and having strong moral principles. It means being strong, whole, and undivided. And how can we be strong, whole, and undivided if we don't tell the truth? Maybe it's true that those with integrity don't have a need to talk about how they have it. But in this age of mendacity, in this age of lies and truths and, un and falsehoods, it's imperative that we talk about how we keep in our integrity intact. We must ponder and explore and talk about how we choose courage over comfort. In the words of Brene Brown, how we choose what's right over what is fun, fast, or easy, and how we practice our values and not just profess them. Part of what makes society, and society being religious institutions, marriages, workplaces, organizations, and yes, government work, and yes, government work, is what's called the principle of veracity an adherence to truth-telling and the mutual trust that comes with that. Without it, no human institution can last, as many of you in this room know. Mutual trust depends on being told the truth. I would be less than honest with you if I told you that I do not struggle with preaching hope these days, that I do not feel my own despair. But mostly, it's just not in my nature to give up easily, and my sense of survival and community and connection is strong. And I know that even if I myself do not make it, others will. Our theologian Theodore Parker said, I do not pretend to understand the moral universe. The ark is a long one. My eye reaches but little ways. I cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure by the experience of sight. I can divine it by conscience. But from what I see, I am sure it bends towards justice. I'm not always sure that it's bending towards justice these days. 
but I refuse to give up hope that that is true. Truthfully, in the challenge between what I think most of us think of as good and evil, I'm not so sure good is winning right now. It seems to be a time when empire is stronger than resistance for you Star Wars fans. It seems that we're in a state of disconnect in personal and human ways. Maybe we've lost our connection with the land, the earth, and the trees, and maybe with each other. The divide seems wide and trust seems broken. But I know this. We are that ark. We can do the bending. We can find a way from no way. And many are. Brene Brown says that trust can be cultivated, and she uses the acronym BRAVING. She says it takes boundaries, reliability, accountability, vault, integrity, non-judgment, and generosity. <clears throat> boundaries means you respect my boundaries, and when you're not clear about what's, o- what's okay and not okay, you ask. And when I'm not clear about what's okay and what's not okay, I ask, and, and that we have to be willing to say no. Reliability means that we do what we say we're going to do. At work, this means staying aware of our own competencies and limitations so that we don't overpromise and are able to deliver on commitments and, and able to balance competing priorities. For accountability, it means that we own our mistakes, we apologize, and we make amends. And for the vault, it means that we don't share information or experiences that are not ours to share. And integrity means that we choose courage over comfort. And that is really, really a big one right now. We choose what's right over what's fun, fast, or easy. We choose what's right over what's fun, fast, or easy. And we choose to practice our values rather than simply professing them. And then non-judgment means that we can ask for what we need. I can ask for what I need, and you can ask for what you need, and we can talk about how we feel without judgment. And generosity We extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intentions, words, and actions of others. And then we can cultivate self-trust by asking those questions of ourselves. Did I respect my own boundaries? Was I clear about was I clear about what's okay and what's not okay? Was I reliable? Did I do what I said I was going to do? Did I hold myself accountable? Did I consider the impact of my actions? Did I respect the vault? Did I keep to myself what I wanted to keep? Did I ask for what I needed? Was I non-judging myself about needing help? And was I generous towards myself? Did I offer myself compassion? If it is true that all that we have ultimately and finally is our souls, then we must ask ourselves, 
Am I who I say I am? Am I living and acting and thinking in accordance with who I say I am and who I want to be? Am I telling myself the truth? And how do we know that we're telling ourselves the truth? Because the truth sets us free. When we feel we are set free, when we have that sense of freedom, then we know that we have told ourselves the truth. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I still believe that freedom is the bonus you receive for telling the truth. And he also said, love is the only cement that can hold the broken community together. All the more reason to be here in a place where we proclaim that love is the spirit. Are we Unitarian Universalist Church of Loudoun who we say we are? Are we living and thinking and acting as a congregation with who we say we are and who we say we want to be? Reverend Mike Moran says, if we will have the courage to be brutally honest with ourselves, seek the truth with all our minds and all our hearts and all our soul and all our strength, we will see that behind all our differences and beneath all our diversity, there is a unity that makes us one and binds us forever together in spite of time and death and the space between the stars. And that unity, that invisible unity that holds us and heals us and strengthens us is real. If we will make it so, if we will be open to it, if we will be courageous enough, if we will gather the strength we need from the divine and from each other, may the lives that we live speak of the love we offer and the love we accept. May we accept the love that is offered to us. And may we accept and live into our own truth and freedom. May we make it so. Blessed be and amen.